we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Alright, let's do this. What the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck nicks? What the fuck's the bulls? What the fuck is that hat? Seriously. This is live WTF at the Wyatt LA Festival at the Downtown Independent in Los Angeles, California. I am Mark Marin. This is my show. <laughs> Take it easy, buddy. It's just, it was right there. I, uh, it's a comedy show. You're up front. It's going to happen. Kidding. It's nice to see you, but really, that hat's been out for a while. I, um, <laughs> you know it and I know it. How old are you, 40? Let's lose the hat. The, um, <laughs> she's nodding yes. I'm kidding. This is hostile. It's the old me. I apologize. <laughs> so needless to say, I'm under a lot of pressure. And tonight, my old yoga teacher, Joe, and I'm not a big yoga guy, but I used to go to the Y, and he teaches uh, what we call yoga at the Y. And I've not gone to yoga in about two years. And all of a sudden, he's here. So I'm like, oh, I'm a fucking idiot. Now... Because like, I'm sure you didn't come intending for me to feel like, like, oh, fuck, I got to. You're right. I do look shitty and I'm not breathing properly. <laughs> like this guy's just here to show. He just see the show. And he walks up to me. I'm like, I know I'm an asshole. He's <laughs> like, no, I'm just here to see. No, to fuck you. I know why you're here. <laughs> and <laughs> he's one of the greatest yoga instructors in the world because he's angry and he pretends, he pretends like he's not angry. That's hilarious. Like, like all yoga instructors of any kind clearly have given up on something. And, 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 and the bottom line is, like, the thing that's great about Joe is, like, right under it, he's just fucking rage. And, and the reason you know this is, like, he'll open the yoga class with, like, the entire side one of Wish You Were Here. I mean, how the fuck is that, like... You're just like, all of a sudden, and like, I don't remember what you played. What was that thing you played one time where some woman actually complained? It was like Zeppelin or something. And some woman was like, I don't think this is appropriate yoga music. And like, in my heart, I was like, fuck her, Joe. Let's roll with this. <laughs> Joe is a heroic yoga instructor. Angry yoga is where it's at. Angry, fast yoga. I mean, come on, who the fuck is really going to meditate? Are you fucking kidding me? You're all going to get your core tight so your ass doesn't drop. You know what? You, fuck meditation. Let's just get fucking juiced up and bend. <laughs> you okay, Joe? Okay. <laughs> So Joe's here, and I'm glad we got that out. But also who's here is the guy who's editing my book. And just between us, the second draft is not going well. Um, <laughs> like, he, I didn't know if he was going to show up, and he shows up. And again, I'm like, I don't, it's not done. It's not, I don't have it. I'm busy making television. Who the fuck reads books? Um, I didn't say that. I didn't say it. It's going to, it's happening. I'm working on it now. I had a, a dream last night. I, I don't know that it's uh, like anything to talk about, but I, I was uh, very excited. Uh, there were two parts of it that I, I want to share with you. Uh, one, there was a large spider that was very hairy and, and fucked up. 
and it was just there being a spider, but it was alive. And I remember it was on the stoop of the house I grew up in. And I'm, all I remember is like, fuck, there's a spider. And then there were all these other bugs that were in the sky. There were bugs in the sky, and they were feeding on colors. <laughs> How fucking is awesome is that? They were color mites. They were like eating the color out of the sky and making it all fucked up looking. But I was cool with that because I had to go in the house. And I remember... I knew my mom was upstairs, so I'm like, I, my brother's name is Craig, so I went, Mom, where's Craig? And, like, she goes, he's on fucking stage killing. <laughs> like, she was yelling at me. And then I walked out, I'm like, fuck this. And I walk out into the front of the house, and she's on the balcony throwing um, good and plenties at me by the handful. <laughs> She's going, why don't you grow up? Why don't you grow up throwing candy at me? And I'm like, fuck you. You're throwing candy. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Anybody? It's just like, you know, look, if whatever's going on right now doesn't work out, if I fuck it up, it's it. It's over. How old are you? 72. You made it. <laughs> it's like... It's like from where I'm sitting, only congratulations are in order. Yeah. So I don't know if you've ever hit this place where, you know, you get to a point where you're, there's nothing going on and you, you no longer have a plan B. I don't know if it, wait for this moment to happen in your life where you're like, oh, fuck it. Fuck this. I could always, wow. <laughs> That's gone. That file used to have stuff in it. Now what? I mean, what am I going to do? Teach? What do you do? When? You swim? That's all you do now? <laughs> Basically? Yeah. So you like one. You, you... So you... Can I just talk to you as a person that, it, that is frightened I'm not going to make it as far as you? Here, take a microphone. Seventy-two years old. What's your name? Glenn. Glenn. Glenn Lounder. Okay, Glenn Lounder. What? Uh, what did you do? Let's go through your life really quickly. Um, what, what do we want to do? Age one to twenty. How was that? One to twenty. Yeah. For, it's um, gone. Okay. It was, it was okay. Um, <laughs> that happens. There's, there's no reason to hold on to that. You know, if it goes, it goes. Okay. I, I'm only assuming I'm going to lose ten-year chunks. As each 10-year chunk goes by, right? Okay. Were there any highlights from 1 to 20? Uh, yeah, I broke my cherry. Okay, good. Okay. Lost your virginity. That's good. Yeah, what age was go. that? Huh? What age was that? Uh, 18. 18. Good times. Uh, <laughs> someone you loved, prostitute. How'd it go? Uh, nobody I loved. What? No, just prostitute. Prostitute. Okay, good. <laughs> um, Back in the day, that's how it was done. <laughs> you don't want to look stupid for the person you love. You go out and have sex with somebody who's disgusting. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. All right. Um, so th <laughs> All right. So then uh, yeah, 20 to 40, how was that? What'd you do? Uh, family and money. Family and money. And how have you held on to both of those? Pretty much. Oh, that's fucking great. Yeah. Is this your daughter right here? 
it is. It is. And that's the other daughter here, the one who runs the festival, uh, yeah, Abby. The producer. Yeah, and she's doing well, and they yeah. seem to like you. Yeah. <laughs> Abby, do you want to talk about anything? I think this is the time. This is your festival. You've decided on a career in comedy. Uh, you're clearly run, doing a great job. I'm real proud of her. You're proud of her? Oh, yeah. That's, that's sweet. I, you know, I was hoping for something dark and weird. Was there a war? Any wars? Uh, well, there was the, uh, the Panamanian riots. Uh-huh, the Panamanian riots? Yeah, you know the... the, the <laughs> yeah, it was the greatest duty I ever had in my life. You went to the Panamanian riots? Yeah, I was in Panama. And okay. People revolted because they wouldn't fly the Panamanian flag with the American flag. What? So oh. they put us up at the best hotels. And the American people loved us, but they didn't love us before that in the American sector. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? This sounds, like a, this sounds like a very upscale war experience. <laughs> <laughs> no, my mom was worried about me, but I was good with it all. Were you in the military? or you just oh, yeah, They just the called you and said, we I think this would be fun. If Glenn went down and dealt with this Panama problem. Yeah. <laughs> what, what part of, what military were you in? In the Army. I was in the Army for three years, three months, two days, and two hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you were counting down, or you loved any minute, every minute of it? What is that? What, what? <laughs> no, I, I didn't love it. They, 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 they brought me down to a private before I left there, because okay. I told a... Lieutenant, that I was watching the screen, he goes, uh, and I told him, I said, in two weeks you can call me Mr. Launder. Yeah. He goes, yeah, well, that was my last stripe. That was it. That was it? Yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations on 72. Uh, thank, thank you very much, Glenn. Very nice. <laughs> Let's read some emails, Glenn. These are, some of these are touching. Is that okay? Mark, you got me put in detention. Uh, just want to start off saying I'm a big fan of the show, but it's getting me in trouble, damn it. We're allowed to listen to iPods in school, so I was listening to your podcast and not paying attention. I started laughing at somebody calling you a dick. Can't remember who. So the teacher yanked my earbuds out so she could see what was so funny. You chose at that precise moment to drop the F-bomb five times in succession. And needless to say, the teacher didn't find it too funny. Listening to you while I write this, just thought I should let you know uh, what you have done. <laughs> Sincerely, a sophomore. All right, this one's sweet. Comedy nerds cuddling. Dear Mark... I'm not entirely sure why I felt compelled to tell you this, but I just thought it was sweet and possibly worth sharing. <laughs> I've been spending time with a nice young man lately. Who the fuck talks like this? Like, I don't want to be mean. I respect it. But, you know, like, it gets better, right? I've been spending time with a nice young man lately, and we've been enjoying each other's company. What does that fucking even mean? Who has these kind of relationships? Have you ever said that about her in your entire life? Seriously. All right. What? You're his mother? Oh, okay. (laughs) 
first of all, that is a tremendous compliment. Am I right? I'm going to try and spin this the right way. Second of all, I had a mother that was roughly the same style. I feel for you, dude. There's nothing worse than having a hot mother. It's just a fucking chore, isn't it? All right, buddy. All right. You can wear the hat. <laughs> All right, can I finish this? All right, let's get back to people that you know, say nice things about each other. I've been spending time with this nice young man lately, and we've been enjoying each other's company. We recently initiated the physical aspect of our relationship. <laughs> You ever heard anything like that, Glenn? We, we, we recently initiated the physical aspect of our, of our relationship, and that's been enjoyable as well. Now, am, am I wrong, or is she saying we fucked and it was good? Is that what's being said here? Thank you, Glenn. The part that might interest you is that we're both pretty big comedy nerds and listen to the Andy Daly episode of WTF together while cuddling. See, now, like, you know, you, I would think that maybe there'd be an awe there, but you guys are like, ooh. <laughs> we probably even kissed during it here and there. I'm fairly certain it was the dorkiest romantic experience of my life so far. And I frequently have sex dreams about comedic actors. Oh. All right, look. You want funny? Maybe I got funny. Maybe I got a funny one. Plaid. Sweetie, I love you. I care about you. But the old plaid shirt thing is, at best, a retread Mr. Mom. <laughs> and at worst, leftover Unabomber. Please try some solids. Joyce. <laughs> right now, I'm going to bring up a guy. I'm, I'm taking a risk here. I'm opening the show with this, and he's going to be with me the whole night. But I, I think this is important for him because uh, he's, he's on the level right now. I don't think any of you have to be scared or nervous. He's a genius. He's a wonderful talent. He's one of the great train wrecks. But right now, he is fucking clear. He has clarity. He's sober, and he's, he's very happy. Andy Dick, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Andy! Hi. So are we done with the heart of the show and we can bring on the cock and balls? Yeah, cock and balls. Do it. Yeah. Okay. Kyle's ready for cock and balls. Oh, I wanted to... He's like, no. Look at him. You can see the hat. He's doing hat acting. Let's talk about... <laughs> cock and balls. No. Uh, no. So That's how... the kind of guy I like, by the way. Really? Straight. Yeah. <laughs> Straight to my dick. <laughs> Take it easy. He's a comedian. I'm totally, come on. Professional. Professional I'm comedian. Just but he would so fuck you. But I would fuck you. It's true. Sorry, it's Grandpa. True. This is the way it rolls now. Sorry, Grandpa. <laughs> Things are different. This, it's not Panama yeah. anymore. <laughs> Although, I don't know. <laughs> what do you Back then, yeah. you know, it was, uh, those bunkers were cold. <laughs> Right? 
I have a guy working for me. I met him at Starbucks. You have five guys working for you. What the fuck is that about? You've got like an army of kids that look like models following you around. They all claim to be your assistant. What are you doing? Are you like a gay Manson? What's happening? What's going on oh, at the compound, you know Andy? Sam, come up here. Sam, just, what are you talking about? No, if, this, this is the one guy that actually no, does you, work. Just no, stand up for half a second. Just step up on here for half a second. Because this wait a minute. far from wait, a model. Wait come a on. minute. Wait just a minute. Just look at him. Come up here no. and then jump back off. But just so that you come All right. Do, in do the this, light, Sam. In the light. Babe. Hurry up. He's not a model at all. Okay. Okay, bye. Fine. Go, go. That was, so that was, he was in the army. No, wait, wait. Could the other four guys that came in with Andy, where are the other four? Okay. Right, right. Right, yeah. They're not going to fall for that trick. Actually, come on, the other four guys. <laughs> no, no but that's the guy that actually does work. And but he's what does he do army. for you? Seriously. Well, he drove me here in his and, Kia. But what is exactly his. What's he's his exact. He's so fucking lucky he has a car. <laughs> I don't have a car. Well, you shouldn't have a car. <laughs> <laughs> so he drove me here. He's carrying my bag. But uh, what's but his job? Is, what is his job, army. Andy? Assistant. Okay. I don't know. All right. You know. Okay. Do you have an assistant? Yes, you do. Because I met her. The red, I do. The nice She's right there. Girl Sam named is Sam. right there. See, I remember her name. But too. but does your assistant ever say, "Andy, put that down, <laughs> put that down"? Those no. days are behind when you. When I'm Andy? when I'm holding his dick. Yes. Oh come on. No. But I want to tell you a story okay, because go ahead, go I ahead, met him. Ahead. It took like three minutes to, for me to hire him yeah. the night before. I put in. You're gonna get on me on for this. No, I'm not. I'm I put not. an ad in Craigslist for a no-paying gig. You know, just an intern. They're called interns. It's a real thing. Yeah, but that's and supposed just, to have some learning. There's a like. I'm gonna. I'm gonna learn them real good. Okay. And this guy. So the next day, there weren't that many responses. <laughs> I can't imagine Shut why. Up. My name was not in it. Uh, exactly. Anyways, this sounds great. I'm not going to so, make any money. I don't even know what this guy does. I'm fucking in. Well, I don't know how we got to talking, but Sam uh, was in. The, he, oh, I remember. He came up to me and he said, "I saw in the army now." Yeah. And believe it or not, <laughs> that made me join the army. And I'm like, "That's. I'm so sorry for that." Um, uh, the movie's okay. People like it. That's actually. the one with Pauly. Yeah, me yeah. and Pauly. Yeah. It was my first movie. Yeah. Actually, you and, guys should really work together again. Would you shut the fuck up? <laughs> So anyhow, he's he's nice. You come on, but but uh, so then he went he went on to tell me that his what's it called platoon or yeah. his his little group of guys. Yeah. They he they st- he or somebody stepped on one of one of those IEDs. Is that what it's called? Yes. And they all died. Jesus except, Christ! Well, all right, go except ahead. Except for him. Yeah. But he has a he's like he's got a ton a ton of shrapnel in him. Mm-hmm. That's not very funny. Yeah, I really don't I, know then, where this goes. Then I, then I realized that's probably why. Because I said, I'm looking for an intern, and he jumped on it, and now he works with me. Yeah. And you're right, I don't know where it's going. <laughs> so you're saying maybe he thought, this guy's explosive and emotionally unstable. He has I can PTSD. handle that. Yes, like, PTSD. PTSD. I've, okay. I've been already walking on eggshells around him. Like, right when I was calling him out, I'm like, maybe this isn't a good idea. 
Because he could just explode at any minute. <laughs> so could you. Mentally. So you're could right, you. You're right. You're right. You're that right. sounds like a great fair, I think fair, that fair, is fair, the documentary. Fair, when we have Lance Bangs out here in a few minutes, pitch it. You're with a, an ex-Army vet who lost all his buddies in the war. Oh, who's and your my assistant dad. that you're not paying, you yeah. fuck. <laughs> I and don't have any money. What do you mean? So you I hire a veteran right who deserves everything good in life, and you're like, you're going to work for me for nothing. Oh, I remember how. Shut up. Is that me, by the way? So he, I remember that, that he said that he wanted an opportunity to work. It all just happened. My sure. life has been very magical. <laughs> you say that about everything. <laughs> you're like, you know, you're it just a... happened, Your Honor. <laughs> yeah. You're the, you're the only guy I know that can be on a building with his dick hanging out going, I don't know what happened. I'm serious. My life is very, very magical when I don't drink alcohol. This Tell me about alcohol. the last bottom. That's what we want to hear. Okay, I will. I mean, I'm not going to like. No, I'm not going to stern you, but I'm like, I'm no. very, I'm very happy that you're doing so well. I ran into you a couple weeks but ago. Give me the like, juice. Well, no, because usually it's a great story and, and it's it's no. sad, but it's funny. This one's because... not great. This no? last bottom, I call it the final bottom. Oh sure. There's a gay What'd you joke call the ones before somewhere. that? Um, <laughs> the one right before the final bottom. <laughs> um, this is Everything this one's was... called. Pre-rehab number 12. <laughs> they all have names. Yeah. I went to rehab 13 times. 13 times. Just for the times. record, for the record, for the record, this last time. I, I, I went under the radar. I know it. I, I know that things are different. From, God, I, God, that sounds like an echo, like I've said that you're, before. You're, but yeah. things do feel different because I put myself in. Uh-huh. I had a different kind of bottom the Bridgetown... Co- oh, God. I don't, there's so Bridget- many bodies. No, I have complete faith one. in your ability to stay sober. I'm, I'm, no, you I'm are... Like, I know. Yeah. We're serious because um, this last one yeah. was a more of an emotional, like this empty, like it wasn't really about the drugs and the alcohol. It was about like I just... I just... I wanted to die. Uh-huh. I just wanted to die. That's... And right when I took the first... I had a lot of sobriety. Yeah. And I was at the Four Seasons, and nice. Aaron Sorkin walked up and sat with us, and I was just fucking having a, I'm back! Yeah. <laughs> My kind of moment, you know? And I wasn't at all. I was just at the fucking Four Seasons with other people that were very yeah, It's successful. so funny, because when you're like that, when you're literally at a table going, I'm back! Everyone else is going, oh, he's here. <laughs> God, this feels like one of those roasts from the 70s. What are you, come on! And you're you like Don take Rickles. No, I can take it. Yeah. But the thing is, is I'm there and I'm like, and they're and they're doing sushi. No, yeah, sushi and yeah. sake. Uh-huh. And they had these special. They brought them yeah. these bamboo boxes. Have you seen it? No. And they did like, don't we don't need glasses because they had these special bamboo boxes. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, I've never had that. Sure. I've never. I wanted to get in on that. And yeah. then you know what? I'm going to retain my sobriety. I was with somebody who you know. Newton knows what's up yeah. with me. You can't even have a fucking sip. Right? right, yeah. But I convinced this person, you know, I'm going to reta- watch because... Wait, was this a person that you had around to watch you? I don't have people around to watch me, but, but I do train people to... This was a training night for sure. <laughs> so... You and your... I can't pull one by this guy now. <laughs> you and your demonic ways. Yes. Can, uh, please convince could you, him. Could you, could you reenact that with me? You okay. are you Andy Dick, and you want to take a drink. I've never seen these um, bamboo boxes yeah. before. But that's liquor in there. Yeah. Well, sake. Yeah. <laughs> I never had a problem with sake. 
So, you know that you know what? I just want to yeah. fucking try. I don't think you should. I just want to try. It. I don't think you should wet my whistle. I don't wet my whistle. All right, enough. What I'm going to do, no, do what you're going to do. And here's how I'm going to retain my sobriety. Okay. I'm not going to get drunk. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you're just going to have sober one, like is one? sober. Right. You're just going to sober is as sober does. <laughs> I didn't say that. I don't know. You know what that fucking is. Yeah. See? If you don't mind, and, he, and I think he was grabbing me the whole time. I had to fight a little bit. <laughs> so grab my arm. Would you? You're going to spill it. <laughs> Three hours later, where's the fucking blow? I swear to God, going all up and down, spiraling, going to the top of the Four Seasons, spiraling around the floors, room to room. There's a party here, and just getting punched in the face. No, all in within hours. My my bottom comes fast, and then the next only two weeks. By the way, but wait, this I last little run was just two weeks. Okay, wait, of I me want, just trying to not, maintain, like not having the shakes. Let me just, you know, Panama. Let's explore the idea that, okay, so you're wasted, and now you're wandering the floors of the hotel listening for what you perceive are parties. They're everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) They're everywhere. So so you just hear something in the room, and you're like, hey, is there blow? Yeah. God, can I tell you the It's Me story? That's happened? I, fucking it's, awesome. It's horrible. One time, a while, a couple years ago, uh, uh, I, was in, I was just having one of these great times mm-hmm. where I was with a friend, and this guy loves drugs, and we were just up for days, and, and he's a photographer, and we were in his, oh, you know, it was right next door to Conan's assistant's apartment. She was having a bachelorette party oh my in gosh. the morning. It was like, so it's like 10 a.m., but we've been, I don't know, 10 a.m., 10 p.m., who knew at this time? Yeah. And, and, I, and uh, when, when I've been up for days and when I party for a long time, I'm just at some point just naked. <laughs> so here I am naked just wandering around, and we're in my friend's apartment, curtains closed, but full-length uh, windows, <laughs> picture windows. <laughs> you can see where it's going. And curtains closed, and we're just in there. I, and there's, it's kind of quiet. What, what is this? Going You're just on. in I'm there I'm just what? walking around, right, walking right. around drinking. This is me walking around. And... And I, and I want there to be more action because it's just me and my friend, maybe one girl, and there's, there's not much going on. But you're naked. I'm naked. It's, it was hot probably. <laughs> yeah. And I hear people outside. This is horrible. Go do it. Well, the, these people walk by. I hear voices. So I just I kind of go to voices, like shiny things. I'm like, yeah. oh, there's people. <laughs> I threw open the sash. No, that's not. <laughs> I threw open the curtains and just spread eagle go, it's me. <laughs> Thinking. Thinking that's going to draw them in. It's a small group of about nine and ten year olds. <laughs> I swear to God, that is dodging a fucking bullet right there. Like, luckily, they didn't know who me was. And they kept walking. And I quickly closed them. I mean, I, that's the thing. Is that, really, Your Honor, how did it happen? I don't know. They wanted to party. It happened. <laughs> Andy Dick, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. You can want to move down, yeah, hang yeah. out. Let him have this one. All right. No, you can hang out. No, no, you seem to be good. I'm not afraid. You might as well hang out, right? Yeah. This next guy, uh, I've worked with a few. <laughs> What's happening? Do you want a ginger Hello. chewy that someone gave no, I got me? I, was, I thought you were going to ask about my, about my what? liquids. What, I, what, is that really what I'm going to do? What's in the glass, huh? <laughs> Seriously, we're all concerned. What's in there? I 
appreciate that, by the way. Whenever anybody comes up to it, does this work? Yeah, so it does. Fun? You really have to get on this one. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't realize that we were going to have a buffet of fucking different microphones. I would have brought yeah. a few. There's and literally also, four different kinds of do microphones. Do they know up all here. the people that are coming? The fun people and Eddie Pepitone? Yeah, yeah, they know. Okay, I know, I know, right? It's going it's to be a fun You know what I hate, like, as a sober person? Oh, yeah. This guy is like, hey, is it okay if I, I mean, drink? I'm like, what the fuck do I care? Do whatever the fuck you yeah, want. I know. Yeah, like, I know. Like, they think that, they, that you're making them uncomfortable. I, yeah, I don't even know. Yeah. You know Just what I mean? fucking drink if you Like, want. what do they think is going to happen? I mean, I wouldn't do that. Maybe you would. Where you're Like, they take a drink and you're like, oh, God. You know? Like, <laughs> and then you just like, ah! Oh, fuck, I'm sorry. You shouldn't have popped that open. No, what the fuck happened to me? <laughs> Does that happen? Um, you mind if I no? <laughs> that would be great to blame it on someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Put that in the me. toolbox. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. That's my next. All right, my next, my, guest. <laughs> no, my next guest is a very funny man. I worked with him up in the Bay Area. He used to live up there. Now he's down here, and uh, it's Chris Garcia, ladies and gentlemen. Chris <laughs> Garcia, where is he? Over here. Hey, buddy. Nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. Uh, mind if I drink up here? Is that okay? No! <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that did Two good. boners at the same time. How did I do that? Yeah. No, but here's, here's what's worse than what I just explained is when you got two guys who are sober and see you drinking, and they're sort of like, so how many do you drink a night? I mean... Yeah. What number are you on? <laughs> two? One, one and a half. One, one and a half, so that means four. <laughs> Seven. Right? Yeah. In my world. No, you're good, man. So did I get your credits right, which were none? Did you, I mean, <laughs> you got them right. You got them right. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be insulting. I just realized that I did not have any other than we worked together in Sunnyvale in a room that had a shitty sound system. That's and my biggest credit, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst weekend for me because I kept saying, remember when we were up there? And I was like, the sound fucking sucks. And then they brought someone in to try and fix it and they fucked it up even more. Yeah, they that? got worse. They it got worse. They brought some guy in during the day to fix it, and it got worse. Yeah. And I had never met you before. Yeah. And you were freaking me out big time. <laughs> I don't know. He's such a sound Nazi. <laughs> it wasn't so bad. It was bad, man. His was... whole career is sound. <laughs> it is. You know, it's of. the podcast. People have to listen. So if the sound's off, it's this old club how's it gonna that's sort of lost in the 80s and had these huge suspended speakers. And it was literally like the comedian would talk. And it felt like he was talking inside of himself. I don't know if I can explain that. Like, sound is supposed to go out, but the magic of the system there, it was almost like it was coming back at you. It was taking it away. Did you get that? No. <laughs> so you moved down here? I moved down here, yeah. Is that a good idea? It's all right. I yeah? Mean, What's uh, going on? Living those feelings. Oh. It's uh, where haircuts come from. Uh, <laughs> That's where the yeah the, the tide pool of haircuts. Just yeah, it's, it's like it's not Echo Park and it's not Silver Lake, but it feels like hipster adjacent. That's what it feels like. It's one of those places where people can walk. It's when people come from other cities to L.A., they either go right near the UCB or they plop down in Los Feliz, cause, especially New Yorkers. It's worse. Like we, When I moved here, we moved right over there on Franklin by UCB. You're like, yeah, it's great. You can walk a block. You can walk a block. <laughs> That's you all get, you, you got. You, that's all you sure need out. if you've lived in a real city. Like, there's a bookstore and a place where people eat outside. That's all you need. Just and, like and, home. And the place that has vinyl. Yeah, vinyl, and vinyl exactly. And UCB. So, how's Los Feliz? It's all right. I yeah. like it. 
What made you uh, come down here? Show business? Show biz? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're looking at it. Uh, my family. They live here? Up. Yeah, yeah. They you live. grew up here? Yeah, I grew up in England. Holy fuck. Yeah. Where? What part? Inglewood, and then Westchester, and then Redondo Beach. I don't even know what it's like to grow up here. Is it like, I mean, what did you do? Go to the beach? Uh, I went to the beach. I, I, I was scared a lot. Why? <laughs> 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 it's a scary, Inglewood is scary. Yeah. So that's like a tough place, so it was scary. And then I went to, I went from Inglewood to like a rich neighborhood that was equally as scary. Uh, and it Why? was just like, it was just different. It was just like, all of a sudden it was like poor, and all of a sudden it's a beach. It was like, Daniel Tosh style. It was just like flip flops and Adam's Prince. apples everywhere, <laughs> and I wasn't used to it. I was like, "What the fuck am I? I'm an outside. I just feel outside everywhere I go." Parents moved up there. Talk on the mic. Parents moved. Your parents moved like the Prince of Bel Air kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, but not Philadelphia. What just West mean? Los Angeles. Born and raised more fresh. Western Los Angeles. What's the? Are you Hispanic? Yeah. The fresh what of. Not Bel Air. The fresh Cuban of... Are you having a <laughs> white... You're trying to write you're a joke. To, well, you're trying to get help him, him to write a Latino joke. I'm trying to help that, him out. <laughs> I don't think I'm good at this. <laughs> I think you probably need more help than I do it's at like, this point. Is there, some, <laughs> is there some cute way you can demean yourself in the title of a TV show that Andy would like to joke it's a about? Good show. It was for you. You can have it. Okay. Thank you. Thank so you. Why'd you, how would you move? Did your, your dad hit the uh, jackpot of some kind? Uh, Alzheimer's. <laughs> I think that's a jackpot in the way that you forget about all your problems <laughs> that you had prior to that. I think, like, I have tried to do a joke about that, where, like, sometimes, like, maybe it's a gift, you know, to not remember, you know, how miserable you might have had it. But I don't know if that's funny. I think it is funny. But you, you, you've dealt with a guy with Alzheimer's, though. Yeah, my dad. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a guy in my life. <laughs> the guy in my life. <laughs> And what, is it, what was that like? Was it bad? <laughs> it's actually pretty great, Mark. <laughs> it's like, yeah, my dad just walking around putting Diet Pepsi in a sock drawer. It's amazing. <laughs> he doesn't know who I am. He thinks I'm following him around. It's fantastic. <laughs> He's wearing no shirt and two hats. Uh, really amazing, Mark. I really love it. It's tough. I, I, he has no insight to it, so he's just like, that's fucking it's horrible, WK. <laughs> it's horrible, but from an outsider, it sounds hilarious. It is. That's how we get through it. Like, uh, funny family mom's really funny. It's right. Like, it's true. You have to have a sense of humor. Like, I know someone who has, who has a father at a certain point, but then it just gets, like, horrible. It's, it's horrible. It's, really, it's yeah. really scary, and it's really hard yeah. to see. He's a great guy. Yeah. And now, like, we watched The Endeavor uh, yeah, he didn't. Well, we, I, uh, he had a bad reaction to his medication. He got kicked out of his home because he punched an old lady in the face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's funny to me. Uh, but my dad's 72. He just punches an old lady in the face. And then so he's in the psychiatric ward in San Pedro. Yeah. And that was yesterday. And the Endeavor's flying by. And everyone, like the nurses and the doctors, just leave the psychiatric ward. They have to go outside? Yeah, to go on the roof to sure. watch. And there's just like... People in the psych ward are just like, there's this like really big guy that's just like, um, that, um, the airplane has a little baby on top. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all, scu- the Endeavor was all scuffed up when it landed in this black, this black guy. I don't know why he was in there, but he was hilarious. He was just like, yo, that nigga needs a car wash. <laughs> and my dad, he worked for NASA and he was like, really? Yeah. And so he didn't get to see it because he was just like that. And it's, oh. that's a tough part. And yeah. And so when he comes to, uh, it's really 
like beautiful and it's really touching, you know. And it's really it's it's really difficult. And like uh, my mom and my dad have married for forty eight years. They're yeah. high school sweethearts. They've overcome a lot of stuff. They moved from Cuba to here and stuff. And so there's this. <clears throat> couple weeks ago my uh mom and dad are you know we go visit my dad in the in the home and stuff and he's just like he doesn't recognize us anymore it's really tough and he uh like an hour into the hanging out with him he looks up my mom and he's just like oh matika he sees my mom and i'm and my mom starts crying my sister starts crying nurses start crying and i'm like oh i can't Uh, i'm the man now like i can't cry and it's really uh it's really difficult, and my mom just starts kissing my dad, and they hug, fucking people crying, and then I uh, I reach over to like console my dad, just like not trying not to cry, and console try console my dad, and he just looks up and he goes, "Who's this Mexican faggot?" <laughs> it's like that. It's hilarious. It's the toughest thing I've ever been through, but it's it's yielding a lot of like. Those moments where you're like, what the fuck is this? My dad's killing it. My mom was trying, like, my mom told me, she's like, before he was in a home, my mom was like, you know, me and dad were, like, trying to have sex the other day. They're still boning. My parents are very raw. Right. You know, and very. And she was like, and then, you know, Poppy got very, like, he got very rough, and he, he pushed me up against the wall and then he stopped and he was like I don't know if I can do this I have a wife and two kids (laughs) (laughs) my dad tried to cheat on my mom with my mom oh my god is that true it's true it's completely true that's the this is the best one man show ever (laughs) should I do that should I even make less money than now (laughs) no you've been given a gift that's yeah. what it feels like. It, yeah. It's actually pretty neat to, like, give back to, like, my parents sacrificed a lot. Yeah. Now I get to, like, hang out forward and, like, be a good kid. Are they, are, 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 when, you, when you hang out with them, are there, um, I mean, I, I know it must be heartbreaking, but it, 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 you do feel like you're present and being there for them, and it still feels like you're helping them out. Yeah, right? I, don't, I don't feel resentful, like, like when I was a teenager, even yeah. when I came home before, I'd be like, get back in that teenage, like, oh, fuck you, mom and dad, oh, yeah. oh good <laughs> knock before you come in my room. Now I'm like... More selfless, and it's like yeah. I really feel like I'm like I've grown up and like know how to like be a good guy to my parents. It's like the neatest gift ever. Well, that's congratulations yeah. on that, and I'm sorry your dad's in a situation, but good yeah. for you for being there. Thanks, Chris Garcia, ladies and gentlemen. He's great. Want to hang out? Move down. Go ahead, move down. That was awesome. Right? Awesome. Kyle, this next gentleman has been a uh, fixture on the comedy scene since I was a child. <laughs> I'm sorry, not that long, but when I was started doing stand-up in the early 80s in Boston, he was there, and then he was here, and he's been, he's like, he's like uh, always there. He's always in comedy. Every, he's, he's every, Ron Lynch, ladies and gentlemen, Ron Lynch. No, 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 Ron. You have to cut. No. Hello, everybody. It's great to be here. How's it going? Anyway, so uh, what are you guys doing tonight? Wait a minute. I want to talk to you. Oh, okay. Where are you from? (laughs) No. I'm going to be nice. 
Um, first, I'd like to uh, bring out somebody I've been working with for a while. Uh, could you please come out? Uh, this guy, uh, <laughs> Sam. I worked there. So thank you. Thank you very much. That's my guy. Thanks for life. Thank you. Wait a minute. Um, I found yeah. him on Craigslist. <laughs> oh. Ron. Yes. I just I want to give you some uh, some props. Not prop comedy, but like I believe. <laughs> That's good. No, no, no. <laughs> Look, you were around when I started doing comedy, like in like '84, '85. You were in a team in Boston, right? Right. Called right. Bob and Bob Ron. and Ron. And you guys were hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And well, then, if I look back at it and I think of the stuff we did, it seems extremely silly to me now. But I, re- the, yeah, I told you what I remember. Does right. it embarrass you when I tell you? No, what? They, him and, him and Bob, Bob and Ron, like, I remember going to comedy clubs in college and you guys would be doing your bit and then you'd, take, you'd, take, you'd each take a mic stand and turn them upside down and hold them behind your back and start running into each other going, bumper comics! <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was fucking yeah. great. It's memorable. I remember it, and it's not funny. to correct you, but we didn't. We just held the mics the way they were. We didn't turn them around. Fuck that. Fucks up the whole bit. Because yeah. it no. looked like a, it looked. All right, go ahead. Well, but then like um, like I come back, and then you were not Bob and Ron. You were just Ron. And there, I remember this one weird moment where you had a room. Like, you were doing a, a comedy room that you were booking, and it, it was, like, I remember I was going to go do a set there, and I walked upstairs, and it was this huge space, but you oh, were just... Oh, Latinos. Yeah, <laughs> but you, it was this yeah. huge space, and you had just, like, built... <laughs> you had built a comedy club in the corner. Like, there was literally just a corner that had, like, a sign, and it was well lit, but it was this huge, right, this big, right, empty right. space, oh, yeah. and I walk in, and it's just you in that corner <laughs> going, how you doing, Mark? And I'm like, what's going on here? It's like, well, this is the room. Uh, do you remember that? Yes, I do, exactly. What was that was it? Latinos, and it was a guy who convinced me to do a comedy show in his uh, restaurant upstairs, which used to be like a dance studio or something. And the end story is, that was one of the things that kept me in Boston. It was, yeah. it was always something that kept me there. And uh, it wound up, it was a front so he could sell tickets to my show, and people would go in another room and drink. Like, he didn't have a liquor license. <laughs> So you were just the patsy? The fall I was guy, a patsy, or? yeah. I was a patsy. But what I wanted to tell you is I really don't think... But he got arrested, so that's the that's a end of the story. Okay. Yeah. All right. Right? But you were like, you know, like, here's what I believe, and this is just my dumb comedic uh, historian head. I don't believe that without you and DJ Hazard that there's a Louis C.K. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I that believe is possible. I mean, I believe that, like you know, that you influenced Louis because he, like, you remember him when he was like sixteen or seventeen, right? Oh yeah, Coming yeah, around. yeah. I gave him his first set. You did? Yeah. Where On was that? The In comedy, that place? Comedy clubhouse. Oh, remember that shit. place, like I the did. little theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How old he actually he? performed. He had performed six months earlier, I think, and then gave up. Right. And then he. The story with him is, you know, the story about the cassette tape. No. He came down. I think one we'd night, like to hear it. And this was a midnight show. Yeah. This was a midnight show, and he came down uh, and he said, uh, how, do I, how do I get on the show? And I said, well, just get me a recording of you performing or something. You know? And this, there was no video. So yeah. I said, just get me a recording of you performing. Next week, he comes with a cassette tape, gives it to me, I listen to it, and it's him with a large amount of echo um, going, uh, hey, I see the sign, uh, slow children. I imagine, hey, look. And in the background, um, in the background, you hear glasses. Constantly clinking, constantly <laughs> clinking of glasses, yeah. and hear the laughs that you hear. 
<laughs> and they're all just a little different. So um, he comes back the next week and he goes, uh, so do you think I can do the show? And I went, did you expect me to believe that you were in a comedy club? And he went, yeah. And I went, okay, you're on third. What was he, like 16 or 17? Yeah, he was pretty young. He was pretty young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, and funny. He was really funny. Yeah, he was always funny. But you were this guy that, you know, you were in a lot of Louis' early movies, and then you were in other things, and then, like, I move out here, and then you're here, and I think I, you were in San Francisco. Uh, maybe it was a ghost of you. Like, everywhere I went, it was sort of this weird thing where it's sort of like, hey, there's Ron Lynch. What are you doing here? Like, hey, Mark, and uh, mm-hmm. what, what have you been I doing? I was taking care of you. <laughs> Somebody, somebody had to watch over you. I was assigned. I'm not a real person. So, so when, so that when there was one set of footsteps, you were carrying me. That is correct. And when there was one foot, I was hopping. I just made that up. I just made it up. Never said that before. Just for you guys. Never say it again. Okay. Right. Limited edition. Ron's sort of a mystery to all of us. I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) Does that mean you don't have any... You don't want to... What? Nothing. You don't have... What? You don't know what to say to me? No, of course I know what to say to you. Like, I I have questions. Why don't you have a... uh, Drive a car? I do drive a car. You do now? Oh, yeah. I didn't have a car for a while when I first moved here. Like, for how long? But then... Six years. Wow. <laughs> my car died. I started working. I started, it was a uh, head gasket, and I started working on it, and I couldn't get one bolt off, and that was the end of my car fixing years. Um, and then I didn't have a car for six years. Took the bus. The bus is great. Is it? Yeah, it's, it's fine. There's a lot of interesting people on the bus. Right? I agree. I agree. Do, like, you just have to live. A lot of people go to the bus. You've got to be kidding, and they make that face. No, but because I they never do it. Right. You would save. Yeah, shut the fuck up. I don't say sorry. That was sorry, amazing. Sorry. I've never seen Ron behave I don't, like I that. I don't. I did that I was for a laugh. For... I don't really use that language at all. So, it has to come out somewhere, though. Ron. It does, right? <laughs> <laughs> I would but I do. I, I, I got a car when Laura Keitlinger backed into a car when she was dating Jack Black, yeah. and he bought it. And she calls me up and goes, Ron, do you have a car? Do you have a car? And I went, yeah, yeah, I have a car. I'm, I'm just borrowing somebody's car. And I, she goes, oh, you mean you own a car now? No, no, I don't own a car. Okay, wait. Uh, okay, goodbye. Hangs the phone up. Then Jack gets on the phone and goes, yeah, Ron, Laura hit a car, and we're going to get it, I guess, and give it to you. What's your full name? <laughs> uh, Ronald? But I don't, I guess. So. I always use Ron Lynch, but don't. All right, well, we'll call you back. Hangs up. Yeah. Don't hear for a couple of days. Yeah. He buys the car. They wound up using it on MTV's Music Awards, and then she uses it in a pilot. I don't see it for six months. Don't know what kind of car it is. <laughs> but you, and no, I'm also I'm saving the environment by not having a car. Yeah. It's an 88 Cadillac. <laughs> and just two days ago, it got totaled. Oh. By you? What? Good story. Yeah. No. Um, I'm backing into the spot like this, and this drunk girl comes up and whacks off the front left corner of the car. Oh my god. And pushes the bumper all the way around like this. The bumper, I don't know how the bumper did that but it bent around and went down. So it's like sticking straight out. I actually was able to lift the bumper up 
and move it around. And it was the strongest thing I think I've ever done. <laughs> and then I've been driving it. Yeah. I'm getting a check that is worth may, much more than the car is. The blue book is, blue book is like uh, 1600 or something. Are you going to get another car or just fix that one? Or just keep the just money? Just fix it. Yeah? Keep the money. There you go. However, they also told me, well, now it's a salvage car. And I said, what does that mean? Well, your insurance is going to be really cheap. Great. So it's all good. <laughs> it's what, all good. It what, gets, I just put my drums in it and drive around, and I go to auditions. That's about it. You, do you, you go to all auditions would, with drums? I mean, like, for anything? No, I'm sorry. Like, two different things. Oh. Two different things. Yeah. I just yeah. pictured you Unless like, it's an audition that involves... No, I just thought you'd go into any audition with a drum. I set them up, <laughs> and um, just really they're going, what are you doing? Um, and they go, I need to have these here. <laughs> I know you're looking for somebody to play a policeman, but I, I need these drums. And um, I sit down at them. <laughs> and I go, do you ever see a cop do that? <laughs> Step away from the car. <laughs> right. How good is that? Yeah. Yeah, and then approach the car. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> you know, I was right. I was in the master as a drummer. You were. You were. I was cast as a drummer in the strip club, and, and I was playing the drums with a sax player, and it was cut. Oh fuck! Yeah. So you were in the master. You were on set with that thing. You dealt with uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, yes. and he we played said... the same song thirty-five times. And was he good to work with? He's and... great. He's a great director. Yeah, it was yeah. really fun. What? How did he direct you? Like, what did he say? Play. <laughs> Did, did, did you see the movie? No. Okay. I will not see it now. Because you're not well, in I'm it. I'm not in it. You don't get a credit? Or not? You'll still get checks. No, I don't think, think so. so. I, I don't think, think so. Really? I don't think so. I got cut out of the Mighty Ducks, too. I get checks. Really? <laughs> you know, those you, movies you are, don't know that they're about identical, me? those two movies. You don't know that about me? I saw the guy that directed that. He was a guy I went to college with. Huh. That, was a, that was an amazing moment in show business for me. <laughs> he does me a favor. He casts me as the angry valet. Uh, okay? So I'm wearing a valet outfit. I'm sweating. I'm sitting in a trailer. I got like four lines. The scene is Rodeo Drive. The ducks are trying to go into stores in Rodeo Drive. <laughs> and I'm the valet. And one of them comes up and I think they say like, what do you got? Who do you got to, you know, how do we get into these stores? And I say, yeah. You gotta know somebody to get anywhere in this town. You know, like something like that. And like just for this one moment, you know, they've got they've got to get cars going, they've got to get extras walking, you know, Maserati is uh, pulling up, right? So like action, then all this shit goes into motion. I'm like, fuck, I can't, god damn it, I fucked it up. And then they gotta pull the car back. Like I did that like three times, and Steve's like, look, just it's just one line. All right, it costs a lot of money every time. You just got to play through. That's, that's the way it's And this done. is back when they were using film. Yeah, exactly. So, so then what happens is, um, like, I do it again, and I get it right. I'm like, God, no, somebody get anywhere in this town. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I nailed it. But that expression didn't even exist then. So, I'm like, <laughs> so it's probably like, yes, you know. And then, like, Steve... <laughs> and then, like, Steve comes up to me, and he's like, Mark, you're scaring the ducks. <laughs> But it's on the DVD extra deleted scenes. I don't scenes. think it is. I, he sent me the scenes on videotape, but I was cut out of the movie. And I, get, no. I get literally, I get a check like every couple months for $1.13. It's not bad. No, fuck yeah. It's not I bad. Can, it buys a half a cup of coffee. Sure. I can, that's parking meter money. Yeah. So tell me about the bus because I feel like, 
I should take the bus occasionally. You should. But like, it scares me in LA because like, do they come? Yeah, they they come. Okay. If you're driving, you'll you might see a bus on the street. No, I do see a bus, and you should. <laughs> well, yeah, when I see them, I'm like, oh fuck, I'm in the wrong lane. Right. You know? Right. That's my experience with but buses. But they go pretty fast. Yeah? They go as fast as they can. They, they go right at the traffic, you know? I'd it might take you an extra 10 minutes, depending on where you're going. All right, I'll give it a try. I just feel bad for not taking I'm the I'm sorry. Bus. No, no, don't apologize. There's nothing funny where about buses. Where do you buses. come from? Where do I come from? Yeah, I mean, did you just appear formed like this? Because I don't... I'm everywhere you are. You know that. I know that, but you always look the same. You like don't age. It's like it's getting weird, you know. Because like there's Ron, and he's exactly the same. What the fuck is going on with that guy? Sorry. Yes, Andy. Can uh, do you? You don't have any stories about P.T. Anderson? Oh, I got a a lot of them. You do? Yeah, but he didn't ask them yet. I want to hear a real good one. Because I hear asshole. No, 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 no. because like I hear that he it's a close set. Yeah, he's very particular. It is a very close set. You can't you sign a lot of things where you're not going to talk about stuff. Um, I'm not even allowed to hum the song I was playing, which would be drums, which is kind of hard. So you have to sign a promise, but just tell us. You sign things. The movie's out. But just tell us. It is out. I wasn't allowed to say what the movie was about. And then I'd be talking to somebody, and they go, what was the movie? I can't really talk. Is it the one about Scientology? Oh, yeah. <laughs> How do you know? It's on the internet. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was no, there was no sense to signing it. But you weren't ever afraid of, like, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson stooges coming Well, they, they have a guy follow you around. No, they don't. No. Okay. <laughs> Give us one good story. He's a great guy. There's nothing bad, really. He is really great. I met him at Largo. He used to come yep. to Largo all the yep. time, and he uh, liked my act. Mm-hmm. And um, the funny thing is, the casting, I was supposed to be in, there might be blood playing the real estate guy, but then they locally cast four people. I actually had a meeting in his office, like a 40s uh, TV movie meeting, you know, where he's sitting behind the desk, and the casting person's over here, and he's reading against me. And um, it was really surreal, in a way. Even though I knew him, it was like a really... Bizarre thing. Yeah. Um, and then I was in that movie, and then two weeks beforehand, Ryan, we're really sorry. This is a phone. Sorry, we're really sorry. Um, we're using local casting for that. Okay. But we promise you, you're in the next movie. And what was the next movie? This one? This one, The Master. Name so I show, up, I show up as the drummer, and he doesn't know I'm there, and the casting person didn't call me. Mm-hmm. Somebody else did. The, like Evan Schlitter lined it up for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I have no idea who that is. The casting person... <laughs> He does some of the music in the movie. Okay. Um, so the casting person comes over and goes, Ron, what are you doing here? I have your picture on my phone. I was going to cast you. There was only two days left of filming. And, Pete, and we'll have you meet the director. And he walks out and he goes, wait a minute. You're the drummer? I went, yeah, I have to get in your movie somehow. And then he punched me. He's great. No, he's a super guy. Great guy. Why don't you call him? And very, very, uh, very intense. Yeah? Very intense. Yeah. It doesn't say much at all. Yeah? doesn't say much at all in terms of How old of is he now? Who? <laughs> that was really creepy. No. <laughs> How old is he right like now, that. actually? He's like, he's like, he's no, like, it's like my 18? age. Right? 40. <laughs> what is my age? 46. You? You're 46. Yeah. I'm 48. Ron? So anyway, um, <laughs> he comes out. <laughs> you got a girlfriend? 75. Huh? You have a girlfriend? Now? Yes. How's that going? Pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> She might hear this. Yeah? She might hear it. You're so, happy yeah. and everything's Oh, good. it's great. 
I'm allergic to cats. Really? She has four. Oh. So what do you do? We put I put them in like plastic bags. <laughs> When I come over, we put food in the bag, and then we kind of put the bag. There's holes in the bag. Oh yeah, of course. That's nice. I'm glad yeah. she lets you yeah, do yeah, that yeah. to her but cat. It, it works. It works. It works. Ron Winch, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Wow. All right. Yeah. Let's Thank move you, down. Oh boy, this is going good. I'm glad you guys are here. Everybody, okay? You all right. This guy uh, was with the Jackass crew as a as a shooter and uh, and director, and he's also done a, he did a beautiful piece with uh, Maurice Sendak that I, I just watched a documentary. He's done a, a, a shitload of music videos. Lance Bangs, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, buddy. Nice to see you. Yeah, I'm, glad I made it. I'm glad you made it too. Where'd you come in from? Uh, Portland, Oregon, where I live. Por- fucking Portland! <laughs> tried. I tried. What's going on up there? There's a lot of activity, a lot of young people turning up and transforming the town in one way to another and then changing their mind and going back again. <laughs> I don't, I, I, it's the only city I've ever been to where I get there and I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? Yeah. Like there's like four, there's like two blocks that have things on them. Yeah. There's a lot of people walking around that look at you like you're, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> Like, I've never had that feeling before. I, I've said this before in, about Portland where I get the feeling that everyone's sort of like, okay, he's here, don't tell him what's happening. <laughs> That's very, very true, yeah. <laughs> it's a whole city of Janine Garofalo's. <laughs> that true? That's probably very true as well. <laughs> Were you around the year that Andy kind of tore up the whole town? I heard about it. Didn't he actually try to fuck the town? He did. <laughs> <laughs> Like he was just saying, I'm going to fuck the whole town. Did you, were you there at oh, my, yeah. my final show? Yes. Because I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, were you there? I don't yeah, yeah. And then you I, went from I, there to the Silverado, I think. Tell me, because I took mushrooms before yeah. I Yeah, you genuinely did try and like, put your dick on people who didn't want it. No, I want to <laughs> know about the show. Honestly. Oh, it was funny. It was? Well, no, it started funny. I was on that show. <laughs> you were? Yes. You tried to get me to go out with you so you could... Anyway. Um... This is the greatest thing, is that comic asking someone else to tell him what his show was like, because he doesn't know. You were doing the kind of Christina Aguilera thing, and then your clothes came off, and then you started kind of grinding against people. Part of the show, you know. <laughs> There's a lawsuit in Texas about it. Yeah. Um, no, but we Texas? were genuinely like looking around town trying to find you and help you and make sure you're okay. <laughs> you were part oh, of that crew? Sweet. Yeah. Oh, my well, God. Well, no, I mean, not the entire time, but sort of in a, like, where, you know, who's seen him, where can we... Did, but, you didn't see the final one, then, because I... I the, the, the mushrooms one. There was a giant... It was, like, a lot of people. That's all I remember are lights and a lot... <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you did a set after that, though, at that tanker place. I don't think so. Which is the one that you were at? We were next door on the tank with that big rock club. Okay. You know when everybody, when everybody left, like all the comics and everybody went back to L.A., I stayed like another week. <laughs> Doing just what? A, just a party. <laughs> Wait, who were you partying with? Oh, no. <laughs> it was a couple years ago. Anyway. I know what happened. You eventually passed out, and there was some weird house full of like people that lived there. One guy. One guy. 
who spent a week bringing his friends over going, do you want to see Andy Dick? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. And he, they'd open a door and you yeah. were just laying there naked. Yeah, I think you're and right. And he'd go, pretty cool, right? Mm-hmm. It was a little bit like that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking serious. Lance. Yes. Let's talk about, uh, let's start with Jackass, can we? Yeah, fair enough. How'd you get in, involved with those? Because I'm really interested, because like, like initially, you were, were you with them on the first movie or the second movie? Yeah, first movie. When I first, like, before I watched them, and when I first heard of them, my first thought was like, that's just fucking frack guy bullshit. And then I watched them, like, oh no, this is punk rock hilarity. I mean, how, like, I watched some of the shit you sent me today. What what do you what are those guys? I mean, they're literally risking their life. Did you feel that? Yeah, and you know that can be good and bad. There are times that it seems really funny, exciting, and electrifying to be filming it because they are putting themselves at for genuine risk, ridiculous for bullshit. no great achievement or noble <laughs> pursuit. And and yet other times when it goes wrong and it feels like someone did get genuinely hurt, you're like, what the fuck are we doing? Like th- what? There's no excuse for this. Like there, it's not like worth when they, it. When he got shot, yeah. <laughs> So I wasn't there for that. Everyone else kind of avoided that. Uh, like, like, what was one of the moments where everyone was like, oh, fuck? Well, he, he, we went to a golf course, like a disused miniature golf course that was on the verge of bankruptcy and kind of near the border of Delaware in, in Pennsylvania yeah. in the middle of like maybe February or so. And the grass is all dead. No one's using it. And we got these uh, golf carts. And then like, there are kind of these guys that affiliate with the Jackass crew who are kind of good at taking apart engines and like boosting them up or taking off the governor or cranking up the regular so you can go faster and trying to kind of spray paint them and take out the safety features and the things that would slow you down and just do whatever they could to destroy a miniature golf course. And we thought it'd be funny and visual and kinetic and a good time. And just the idea of getting into these kind of like formal plaid golf wear and the hats and everything is is a good start. And we had more than enough footage to make the piece funny. Like they just, you know, decimated an entire course and (laughs) drove through the windmills and crashed it all apart. And the sun was starting to go down. It was cold and we shouldn't have been there anymore. And and, and it's starting to feel kind of creepy. And it's maybe like the feeling of that Night of the Living Dead movie that was shot in that similar terrain. And then Knoxville is like, oh, someone take that giant pig that we destroyed and like lay that down in a sand trap. And then uh, Ryan Dunn, who's this amazing guy, but not a good driver, is driving, and PJ is like holding a, um, a camera, and they hit the sand trap and hit the pig and just flip upside down. The thing comes down on top and nearly like severs Knoxville's neck. So he's like out, concussed, laying down, and from a distance, it looks like he just genuinely got killed. killed yeah. And so it's dark, it's not funny, it's not exciting or dramatic, and everyone yeah. just kind of like runs in, like, oh, you know, what are we doing? What's going on here? So, you know, after a couple minutes of him being kind of almost pinned under the thing, we kind of flip it off and and he ends up being okay, and miraculously, like, it crashed down all around him, but he survived. And, uh, and then you look at the footage, because at that point you're like, I should just walk away and go home and get back to a life where this isn't going to happen, and I'm not liable. Um, but you look at the playback, and he's like, wants to see it, and yeah. he's half concussed, but needs to know, did you get the shot? And then you look at it, and it looks amazing. You just see this thing that's never happened before, probably, yeah. in kinetics, like, of this golf cart flipping up, and then you know, people at great peril, and they walk away and go to the hospital and then drink later the next day. <laughs> so it's a great time, great camaraderie, and, and a bunch of wonderful guys. And like you said, like, not really frat jockey, yeah, which no, might have been the way that people could have judged him from the outside at the beginning, but more sort of like a savvy, clever, prankster, art-damaged, SST, punk yeah, rock. Right, right, yeah, I, I, that, like, you get yeah. that right away. Like, I, I don't think I laughed as hard as I did in just literally the, like, the opening segment of the first fucking movie like right out of the gate it was like hilarious and you work with uh, uh, Spike Jones and yeah. all that stuff yeah well Jeff Tremaine directs all those jackass films he's a guy that kind of grew up around the same area as Spike and met him pretty early on and then uh, 
But weren't not they like so. skaters? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, like Spike was kind of more of a BMX bike background, and then came out to Torrance, California, when he like left high school and you know didn't go to college or anything. Came out here and worked at some kind of BMX and skateboard culture magazines. Were and, you that guy too? No, I was more of like a sort of in Athens, Georgia, making films with REM kind of teenage personal filmmaker. And I think Spike saw some of that stuff through bands, like through Sonic Youth or REM, and then wanted me to come kind of start shooting stuff with him. So I think I came into the Jackass thing not as like an extreme, extreme sports action dude, <laughs> skater like kind a, of guy. It was more nice like guy. the guy that was maybe, if they needed to know something was in focus and, and like beautifully framed for a poetic <laughs> moment or like personality thing, that like they would throw me into the mix for those things to kind of get that while they got the gnarly <laughs> right, you know, right. stunt sequences and, and all that. Yes, Andy. I now remember you because I think not from Portland I'm thinking in the movies and I think on a number of occasions I think it's you that gets and I don't remember what it's either pee, poo, vomit or cum on you and you start vomiting you start dry heaving which one was it though or more various combinations that's the thing is it like because I'm not that's I'm the guy who's like holding the... the camera, and they fuck with you. Yeah. That's right. Do you guys know that? They fuck with them, and they come on you, or shit on you, or vomit on you, no. or something. I'm getting it wrong? Yeah, you must But, but I remember you maybe. getting, you get real angry. Yes. You're, <laughs> real? I can tell you're it's gagging. real. Yeah. He's I, gagging. Uh, yeah. That wasn't really that deliberate, but it's kind of built up to being this maybe funny thing of the guy that's in the room that isn't the gnarly... Skater dude, yeah. who can't what, what, why, what was that one though? Yeah, where you you're gagging? Well, the first role. thing we were uh, we had this idea that they'd come up with about you know trying to deliberately do paper cuts on themselves and then dunk that into an aquarium full of rubbing alcohol, yeah, and then film the reaction. And we tried it in Florida uh, in these kind of cheap CD motels. Well, how the fuck do these guys think of that? They're just wasted. <laughs> and Steve O's like, dude, we gotta fucking put our head in a meat grinder <laughs> and then hit it. It's a lot more kind of Tom and Jerry Roadrunner cartoon based, like what. You know what can you do that you would not want to do, but right. that's so. This was camera. paper cuts, yeah. aquarium paper full cuts, of alcohol. Aquarium full of alcohol. And we tried doing it in this like CD motel in Miami, and it's so humid there that like you couldn't really get a good paper cut going. <laughs> you need like a drier climate. Yeah. So we shot and shot, and then just kind of drank the alcohol from the aquarium and gave up on that one, and then tried it again in like a indoor motel, and it was like a cheap motel in a different part of Florida where we Ugh. sealed all the windows and turned on all these hot lights, and it kind of dried out and desiccated everything in the room. And it had been, I think, the room that Steve-O had been staying in for the previous week or two. It smelled horrible, no ventilation. And, you know, we're, we're filming these, like, long days, and at that point in the first movie, it wasn't like a crew with a... You didn't stop to take a break and follow any, you know, protocol, union type of regulation. So it's just like, you go get this thing, you go to the next thing, you run to the next thing, you dodge, you talk to the cops at that one, get set up for the next thing. And so we're trying to pull this off at the end of the day, extremely hot, no ventilation, heavy cameras, and uh, the room fills with the fumes of the evaporating gallons of alcohol in an aquarium, and like the blood and everything else that's going on in that room. And then uh, I grabbed some like weird cheese pizza that someone brought me to like have something to eat. And it was one of those weird like deep dish things where they'd buried a layer of pepperoni underneath it. Yeah. And I hadn't eaten meat since that Smith's record came out in 1985, whatever. <laughs> and um, so I didn't realize what was happening, but it tasted saltier than it should. And I've got this thing and it smells and it's horrible and this weight on my shoulder. And I just start to get woozy. And then they kind of notice that I'm veering back and forth while holding the camera. And they're like, what's going on, Lance? Yeah. And then I just kind of like pass out and vomit and collapse and the camera nearly shatters. And then <laughs> It just adds to the, the energy well, of the bit. Yeah. That's what's horrible about yeah. those guys. are like, oh, he's fucked up. Let's make it worse. Exactly, yeah. 
But you, and then you, once they discover that weakness, I think in subsequent films, whenever something would get completely vile, I usually was the one that had to kind of stay with the shot. Everyone else would run away and, and take off and flee, and I'd be the one that stayed in the van while the guy shot his pants and couldn't deal with it. And I wanted to, like, get the shot, get the shot, and then get overtaken by the fumes and start vomiting. <laughs> and then when we got to the 3D movie, it was kind of inevitable that at some point I would end up getting triggered to vomiting into the camera. <laughs> Did it ever get to the point, like, come on! <laughs> yeah, but, but I, don't, I don't really respond to that. I don't want, like, they don't really fake anything or stage anything. They right. have pretty strong ethics about not cheating or setting anything up. In a, it has to be real vomit. It has to be real. You got it. Yeah. has to genuinely happen. So they were, like, hoping or waiting for it to happen, maybe. And it wasn't, and then finally there was a sequence that just kind of pushed me over the edge. <laughs> which one was that? It was this like room that uh, they were exercising in back at that same motel in Florida, which is just a <laughs> very accommodating hotel for some reason. People were groaning just at the idea of that crew <laughs> yeah. exercising. And uh, this like exercise room, and this guy Preston Lacey wearing maybe like a saran wrap outfit so that as he sweats, it'll all collect on his skin oh. and then collect into a funnel like at the bottom of his crotch. And come out a tube, and Steve-O will then drink the, the results. So the stakes are kind of high going in, and, yeah. and it's kind of known, like, all right, we're going to probably, you know, someone keep a shot on Lance at all times. <laughs> and, and then, you know, sure enough, as it built, and other people start vomiting. And I have to say, like, in my defense, I feel like I'm not the first to vomit. I think other guys <laughs> on the set and the crew throw up first, but that it's maybe funnier oh that, God. like... I get overtaken. That's so, yeah. entertainment. Number one box office hit in America three times in a row. That's amazing. <laughs> so you've like you've shot documentaries of like how many like Pavement, Nirvana, uh, REM. You did like you've done like dozens. Yeah, yeah. You did Nirvana in towards the end, right? Yeah. Well, I I guess what I've mostly done with them is sort of. Uh, whenever they've done like box sets and DVDs to kind of like har- archivally go through everything and, and produce the, the DVDs and put that all together. And you, but you, did you ever shoot them uh, live? I saw them live a bunch and did not like direct any of those major concert things or whatever. I was like uh, maybe 19 or 20 when they were still performing. So I shot personal footage and, and saw them live and worked with everyone kind of immediately afterwards and then have kind of taken on helping to put all the uh, stuff together for the the box sets. And, and, and also and you do those, uh, those portraits of directors. As yeah, well. those were, I guess, in the early 2000s when DVDs were more of a going concern. Yeah. Uh, did those director's label DVDs for Michelle Gondry and Spike Jones and Chris Cunningham and Mark Romanek and everyone, yeah. You're like the archivist. You're the, you're yeah, the... in a weird way. And I, I hadn't set out to it, but I feel like I keep getting asked by interesting people to come hang out and be around and do stuff or collaborate on things. And I that. have some bins in my shed. <laughs> I really do. Like all, it's like all this old stuff. I would love to collaborate. I've got footage of you. <laughs> I've got footage of you that I shot sort of around the Mr. Show era. Uh, Dur- you- when I was on Mr. Yeah. I got cut out. Yeah. I was Eleanor Roosevelt. <laughs> During that, it was like that. That, time. and then we did a little bit of stuff on the movie, maybe Run, Runny, Run. Am I remembering I that right? Ma- Once again, I don't think I was there. Okay. But um, did you shoot? You shot Cross's last uh, special. I did. Yeah, I directed like a sort of a documentary with him called "Let America Laugh" in the early two thousands. When he he kind of wanted to tour in rock venues rather than comedy clubs after some sort of uh, early two thousands freak out of political stuff in the states. Yeah, and then did that last stand up special for him. Yeah, I guess I've all been doing like stand up specials. I did one for Rob Delaney that just went up online in the past week or two. How's it doing? So funny. I, I think it's Has doing all right. Yeah. Your show. Yes. He's so. Funny. He was on an early WTF. It was heavy. It was good. He's got a good story. You should call him. 
So, all right, well, now let's talk about the Sendak thing. Yeah. Because I thought that was amazing. Oh, good. I'm glad you got to see it. Uh, Lance did, uh, and I guess, Spike, you did it together. You visited Maurice Sendak. Gag. I know. Now, where did that come from? I mean, I, what, I wanted you to know. I, I, he, he talks about it. He's not. He, I know. I wanted you to know. Just All right, sorry. It's just like, what are you okay. like? You're like the male Kathy Griffin. Um, <laughs> I know you're not. You're much nicer. Um, but it was, you started with the with, with shooting him in two thousand and what three? I would say maybe. Three? Maybe 2005 was when I really concentrated on it. I think Spike might have had some footage in 2004, maybe the end of 2004. So. And you just visited him. It's very interesting because it's like, what is it, like 45 minutes, but these are just chosen snippets of conversation yeah. to create a portrait of an amazing artist. Yeah, absolutely. Basically, uh, he had befriended Spike maybe in the mid-90s. He did not do a book called Harold and the Purple Cram, but he owned the rights to it. Crockett Johnson wrote uh-huh. and illustrated it. And Spike was interested in maybe making a film of that in the mid-90s or so. And so they kind of got to know each other at that point. Maurice is really kind of taken with him and interested in the way that his mind worked and you know, what his approach would have been. And separate from that, I guess Maurice had been trying to get someone to develop a version of Where the Wild Things Are as a film, but would get dissatisfied with most of the people that were you know, taking a stab at it or trying to put it together. He kind of didn't feel like it was what he would want it to be. And then finally you know, got Spike to take a look at maybe reinterpreting it as a way that was more personal to Spike and sort of adding to it and building into this kind of I love that movie. Film. Oh, good. Did he like yeah. that movie? Yeah, he, he did? did, yeah. Oh, it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were like, what the fuck? Yeah, you know like, he's gay, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, we started visiting with no, like, <laughs> no clear purpose for what we're going to do, but just felt like, this guy's fascinating, and he impressed upon us the idea that he was about to die at any moment and that we better, you know, say goodbye really warmly or right. come back and see him right. soon because he'd be dead. Right. And oh. so we, we really had that sort of, I took it seriously at least, and felt this like, oh man, what can I change my schedule and find to do in the New York area and drive up and see him in February because he's any fascinating and he's going to yeah. be gone. And, yeah. And this has to be preserved, and we got to get more stories out of him and keep going. And so that went on for maybe like five years of just like <laughs> continuously going to drive. And like he would, you know, he would go in and get medical treatment for things and then kind of come out fine, but you'd be so worried. And yeah. you loved him, and he was an amazing person, and, and you'd feel such a sense of urgency to it. And you'd love the time you spent with him, and yeah. then find out that like he's kind of tricking us. Like he's, <laughs> he's, not he's just, yeah, he yeah. likes to think about death and. <laughs> So you know what's it, what's it, what's it called again? The the uh, tell them anything you want. A portrait of Maurice. You, you got to see this. Just if, for anything, I'm not going to spoil it. But the Lindbergh baby story is fucking mind blowing. Yeah, that he was able to track this thing that that caused this. It, it's it's a great movie. And thanks for being here, Lance. Yeah, it's absolutely. Great to see you. Right. You good? All right, we've got the. Uh, I guess we can all hang out. Can we please bring out the lovely and uh, cantankerous Jim Earl? Wow. Are we doing the thing? Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Jesus fucking Christ! How long is this fucking show anyway? <laughs> it's all right. I'm I'm all right. This is gluten free. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, you forgot to read my intro. Can I you will. Read that? Yeah. Please, while you got ready. Um, 
Jim will be appearing at Dick's Asparagus Pea Pavilion. <laughs> Volcano Pete's Chunk Blow Snark Pit and Mud Wallow. And the Mount Shasta Shit Crick and Monkey Lick Masonic Hall. That's a good gig. Yeah. You, you got to get in on that. Yeah. The Masons are hilarious people. They're very fun-loving. Did, uh, do we have music? Yeah, it could be. This is my, uh, every, you know, I go around the cafes around the town, and I, I put my innermost thoughts and, and record everything I want to have recorded. And, uh, and I just thought I'd share that with you t t tonight. Three PM. Hail Satan. <laughs> Father of lies, demon of hell, Lord Harry, Beelzebub, the by Satanic Majesty, Lord of the Flies, Honey Boo Boo Child. <laughs> oh pockmarked penist one. Help me understand this world. Why is Seth Meyer's voice so annoying? Three three thirty-five p.m. Action items for tomorrow: find spiritual center through yoga, then use newfound sense of self to destroy lives of others. Four p.m. Gosh, life is such a puzzle. My dad spent his whole life collecting tin foil, and all he ever got from it was kicked in the nuts. You know, if I could go back in time knowing everything I know now, I'd probably wait until after high school to marry my sister. 5 p.m. Last night I dreamed I ate a 10-pound marshmallow, and when I woke up, the neighbor's kids were found strangled. 6 p.m. This is all one day? Yeah, this is... <laughs> you know, I just write these things down. Sure, yeah, you're out. Because, you know, they're entertaining. Yeah. Or yeah. informative. No, and reflective, I think. Reflective as well. Yeah. I open my heart up to America, not unlike you do. Yes. With your, your uh, garage podcast. Yeah. You get people to cry. In. <laughs> How come I'm never invited to your goddamn garage? All right, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. I just, like, after, you're just going to yell at me. You know, I don't, there's not enough tears. <laughs> 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. Today I had lunch at the... Today I had lunch at the Betty Davis picnic area. It's got Betty Davis flies. <laughs> Betty Davis, yeah, flies, yeah. Flies. 7 p.m. <clears throat> 7 p.m. I hope Mark doesn't think I'm using this journal thing just to shamelessly read a bunch of my shitty jokes that I do in my act. Never crossed my mind. 7.45 p.m. The McRib's making a comeback. <laughs> you know, if I had a buck for every time the McRib's made a comeback, I'd have colon cancer. Because <laughs> meat's bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's very bad for I you. Know. A lot of sodium. 8 p.m. God, I hope Mark doesn't invite me up to his place for dinner again. I, I always get distracted by his neck crust. <laughs> 11.30 p.m. 
place is closed and I'm locked in. Why did I spend so much time in the restroom? I don't even know what that means. Just keep it down, Andy, will you? <laughs> 12 midnight. I am a breakfast roll. 3.30 a.m. I press my buttocks onto a hot, cheesy pupusa and weep the tears of the damned. Mmm, it's a delicious blend of batter, fermented cabbage, and malted velveta. I have, I have adapted this to suit my purposes. It's gonna yeah. close big, right? That'll make it funnier, okay. right there. Yeah. I put Three forty-five a.m. Through a series of complex endocrine injections, I have created woman out of an ordinary bunt cake. <laughs> Fashioned my own currency from toenail clippings and a shredded screener of girls. Now for a scone. <laughs> 6 a.m. Here I sit upon my throne of urine-soaked croissants and await the onslaught of vermin who dare try to usurp my reign. I hear them beating on the front door. Thank God for fire. At last I am erect. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Again, Dick's Asparagus Pea Pavilion. Yeah. Volcano Pizza, are you, are you, are you, you want to sell the book or anything? Do you have questions for anybody? No. Um, why don't you sit I in the... Have, what? I have to go to the bathroom. Go. But I'll be back. Go. I have to go. What time is it? Oh, come on. I have, to go do my, I have to go do my midnight show. It's not 11 o'clock. Well, yeah, you and, you no, and I are playing music at uh, midnight. It's 10 to 10, okay. right? Well, can I plug my show anyway? Sure. I do the Tomorrow Show every Saturday at midnight. And um, it's at the Steve Allen Theater in Los Feliz. Thank you. And Jim and I are in a band tonight playing on the show. All right, let's, uh, let's hang out. Move down. We'll let Eddie do his thing. Uh, Eddie, Eddie Pettipatone is one of the funniest guys alive. He, uh, he, also, um, he also just got back from Scotland, which I think we're all excited to hear about. Eddie Pepitone, where are you, buddy? Hello, everybody. This is my triumphant return. Don't take this personally, but I really hate the weather here after being in Scotland. Scotland, 50s? You dig it? You don't fucking walk around in this soup. This shitty soup. Oh, the Endeavor. We're dying, but the Endeavor's above us. That's what Los Angelinos are like, right? It's like, oh, we can't breathe, but look. They're retiring the Endeavor. It's 150 degrees. It's soupy, shit, smog, fucked, bad television, but the Endeavor is there. You look great. I like Scotland. You look great. I do? Yeah. You look shaved. You look healthy. You I do? A, you don't look beaten up. I feel so you're not, beaten up. You're not wearing a hat. Which I like. Well, I got a haircut, and when I get a haircut, I like to show it off, you know? <laughs> and I realize I don't have a lot of hair, but in my mind, and I have beautiful eyes. You know I do. You could see them. Listen, let's talk. Let's, let's. Yeah. I don't know what I'm saying anymore, and it doesn't matter. I, I have stopped wanting to be loved. 
That's not true. No, I don't feel that at all. I feel, I feel tears very close to the surface. Here we go. <laughs> he always does this to me. I don't know what this is about, but by the way, <laughs> Mark is always like, you're wearing a mask, Eddie. <laughs> Look, I, all I want to hear about, honestly, I was in Scotland for a month. It was oh, fucking horrendous. It was now, fucking hard, man. Yeah? It was, like, the weather was very good. That's when you're getting old, right? You talk about the weather a lot. Oh, no, but nice it's just weather. full of drunk people and tourists, and, and you wander around, and like, did people come to your show? Let's talk about week they one. Did. Oh, good. That's good. They did. I had a lot of people. Did, any, did people hear about the incident, too, where you, Grant, couldn't get into my show? That was fucking hilarious, by the way. You made the tabloids? I made the tabloids because one of the guys who really liked my show did a one-man show there. Everybody has a one-man show at this festival. The Edinburgh Fringe Festival goes from the beginning of August to the end of August. It's like two weeks too long because after about two weeks, it's not a festival anymore. It's like a hostage crisis, right? <laughs> like all the... No, everybody wants to go home if you're from America. The UK comics are cool because yeah, they can just take a train. But it's also part of their thing. They're like, they know they're going to spend a month there. We don't That's fucking right. spend a month anywhere. Two you weeks know? into that thing, you're like, holy fuck. I, I don't even totally want to look at these people anymore. Totally. I, by that, I mean drunk Scottish people. Uh, they were, yeah, they weave and they sing. That's what happens. That, they get really drunk and they weave and sing through the streets. But you, and I'm like behind them going, what are you singing about? But Okay, so Hugh Grant, what happened? Oh, no, it, it, was, a, it was a little bit of a tabloid. He, he showed up at my show because one of the guys who, who like me, has a one-man show about tabloids, and Hugh Grant befriended this guy. So this guy's like, you got to see this American comic. Hugh Grant was like, all right. And he showed up with seven women. That's how Hugh Grant rolls. He showed up with seven women. Wow, that's a lot of overcompensating. You call it what you like, my friend. What are you going to do with seven women, Andy? I can think of at least seven things. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't ask me I'm the one that brought five guys Okay But I know you go either Alright, whatever yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry No, so anyway Two of them didn't have ID And the uh, so, so five of age women Two underage women Now that's a good story Who the fuck knows what happens yeah. But they didn't have ID Now ask me what to do with them What to do <laughs> Well, I smell two lawsuits Yeah Right. I'm glad you went after that second beat. The, um, I love you, man. Go ahead. So Hugh doesn't get in. You go outside. So he doesn't get in, and the, the, bouncer, the bouncers, they're kind of like uh, Scottish mafia who, who run these, who, who like, don't let people in. Mm-hmm. And they had, they had not Are they let, really Scottish mafia, or are they just making that up? Are they just big Scottish guys? People or? said they were part of some kind of syndicate, and I immediately thought, oh, syndication, that's good, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was a TV joke. Right? I know it's good. Uh, <laughs> no, it's good to be back here. The Endeavor Television. Uh, here we go. <laughs> you know, I was actually I'm making fun of the Endeavor, but I was crying. I was crying. I found and that movie. shows you how how fucked up I got in Scotland because I w- I got nervous exhaustion. I think because my shows were midnight every night. It was twenty four shows in twenty five nights, and I scream. I'm like from from the word go, and I really I so intensely want to be liked. That not love, but liked, and I, I was like just screaming for an hour every night, and I couldn't sleep I, because my show was at midnight, so I got 
progressively more exhausted. Did you get delusional? I didn't get delusional. Um, but let's talk about this Endeavor thing real quick. Because I, yeah, I started crying. I found myself moved too, and I just well, barely what were we moved about American achievement. <laughs> I they were saying I mean, that on television. No. The American spirit. It's got Look to have, at that. It's like, but fuck It's got to have you. something to do with that. What, why, oh, you're you? right. You're I right. mean, like, I, I mean, I'm looking at it. It's a plane with a spaceship on it. And two planes following it, and there's part of me that's like, oh, look at it. You know what? You know? I actually think the reason that people were c- crying is that we've gone – this is really my analysis of it. Is, is it really your gone, analysis? Yes, it is. We've gone so low into cynicism and just like like the war mentality, like this country, like the people of this and, – and also just rampant unemployment and terrible sadness, especially on this podcast, that <laughs> – that's a that's a that's not really even a shot at Mark. That's just a shot at you know Mark. The, the <laughs> but I think that people in general kind of feel that there's that this country is just kind of a country that is that promotes war and doesn't give a shit about people and its own people. Well, and so then the endeavor is like, oh, hold it, we actually. You know, because everybody in this country now just checks their phones. That's all they do. People just check their phones. That's what we're known for now. I think it's something to do with, like, feeling proud of something. Yes. <laughs> you know, well, but, I don't think Americans feel proud of anything anymore. Like, But I had nothing to do with that. You know, I, mean, I had nothing. Uh, no, to, there still is a feeling. Yes, Andy. Andy. Well, did you, you guys saw it? Yeah. Did I you, saw it on you, television. I was working oh. on Two Broke Girls yesterday. <laughs> In the, no, and I say that not to impress anybody, because I'm an edgy comic, and when an edgy comic says, I was working on two broke girls, there's a big, big chasm of credibility. I don't even know what I'm talking could about, you but I'm would you just share? Could you share one of did your you? lines that you did on two broke girls? Uh, we're rehearsing it now, but uh, what, what was I? I, I say... Uh, <laughs> Do it. Do it. Do it. Well, I play a... I don't know if this is legal, but I, I play a... Uh, no, because it hasn't aired yet. And if you knew something about television, it's instead not- of sticking your ass in the Endeavor accomplishments, everybody sticks their ass now in NASA's accomplishments in L.A. Imagine if L.A. became... Imagine if because of the Endeavor being yeah. retired here, everybody just became a big asshole about NASA here. Yeah, yeah NASA's here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they became really yeah. puffed up about yeah, yeah, NASA. Yeah. You know what NASA's doing these days yeah. in JPL? Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Yeah. You know what? No, some people don't know it. You know what they're doing? This is like in the hills. They're having parties. You yeah. know what they're doing? Yeah. They're developing a thing that's going to tell us whether or not there's water on Jupiter. Because Mars apparently is a no-go. Tapped, yeah. <laughs> like, why do people care if there's water on Mars, by the they, way? Well, there's we're... no fucking water in L.A. Exactly. <laughs> there's no water in L.A. We fucking divert it from Colorado. Uh, anyway, I Is like this the say... scene in Chinatown where the sheep come in? The, um... Couple people, couple, couple people. people, and I didn't even yell. I know you didn't. But I, I, I <laughs> I'm trying not to yell anymore because I tore my voice what's up. The, what's the line from Broke Girls? Oh, uh, well, I play a sleazy, a sleazy clothing store 
owner yeah. and the two uh, beautiful yeah. broke girls come in uh-huh. and I'm like, oh, and I'm eating a pastrami sandwich. <laughs> By the way, when I get these parts, I am not proud of them and I do not like how the industry sees me. <laughs> because they see me as like the guy who has pastrami in his mouth <laughs> like, and who's really sleazy going, oh, mm, mm. <laughs> And that's what I do. Oh, I wasn't expecting ladies. Uh, we usually just sell to pastors and pimps. That's the line. Really? How do you feel about that? I feel pretty good. Yeah. The money is very good. Yeah. And, and then I think, oh, are you selling out, Eddie? Because on Twitter, yeah. I'm very radical. Yeah, you are. Well, how would you have done the line if you were given complete creative freedom? Um... Got the pastrami. You know, I don't know about you, but when I get on a sitcom, you have a show now, right? But, and it's yeah. about you, so it's a different thing. But when I get on a sitcom set, like all my crea- creativity goes out the fucking window and I just do exactly what they tell me. <laughs> like there's a lot of actors. No, a lot of actors get on the sets and they're like, what if we they do, they <laughs> yeah, yeah. do this shit? What if we do it this way? <laughs> and I'm like, let's just do it and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, they wrote it. I'll do it the All way right, they want it. Let's say, like, okay, the part is Eddie Pepitone. You're the guy at the store. You're eating a sandwich. Yeah. And, and, and the two broke girls come in. And what would I really say? Yeah. What the fuck do you two cunts want? <laughs> I, I don't know where that came from. Yeah, you don't? <laughs> <laughs> I think that came from Staten Island. <laughs> Did you guys leave the soundstage to look up at the... Yeah, now... Everybody did, Now, right? and I'm going to drop another name. I looked out the I window. And I don't want people... Glendale. I know what you're going to say. P.T. Anderson was directing that episode. No, that's... No, but I was hanging out with, and I love her, Jennifer Coolidge, was, oh, was, was doing a part. She's a really... She's probably one of the funniest women ever. Yeah. And so she was like, oh, yeah, I just saw it. <laughs> that's how she talked. Yeah. If you knew her... Like I know her, which is cursorily. <laughs> you look like you do a, li- a couple of times. I was, I was sitting over there, and you just you no, did that like big every, eye rub. Every, well, you know what bothers me is like, every, like I, you know, I should be happy. Everything's going pretty well, but I still have these moments of weird, jealous like anger. Oh, for me no re- too. Me too, because things are going... For no reason. Me too, and that is a thing that is such a deep wound, I realize. Like, now nah, we're be- talking. <laughs> no, to be jealous over everything, and I'm jealous over everything. Like, like if I hear a guy got a good parking spot, I'm like, yeah. really? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, and then it gets deeper. The jealousy yeah, gets yeah. deeper. Yeah. Like, oh, this guy got a, um, this guy got a, I don't know, he got a show. He, yeah. got, he, got, he got this and that. And I just, there's, it, it's like even if they're nice people, I'm like, you know, I don't like it. Yeah. Have you ever had that moment where you're driving? And, like, you change lanes. And I know everyone has this moment. And then the other lane, like, just starts moving, right? And then you do it again. And then the other lane happens. And then, like, within... I feel like there is something... But within three beats, you're like, this explains my entire life. Yes! Like, I am unable to get on the right line for anything. And yes. That, like, and that, like, this is just what I have to live with. Like, yeah. or, or at, like, at TJ's or at any fucking supermarket, you yeah. pick the line, and then it's the one where the totally woman starts dude. writing a check, and you're like, are you fucking kidding me? Yes. Are you fucking kidding me? Who even has checks? You know, and, it, and then you're like, this is just like the parking thing. This is like my fucking life. Yeah. Like, right at the end of it, it's going to be like, you made and it. And it doesn't seem like success changes it. Like, like if I get things... 
I still feel bad. Like I still feel that I like, feel, yeah, anger, feel. and 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 then I get confused even further because I'm like, oh, but I should feel better because I'm getting things now. So why do I still hate X because he got this? I don't hate anybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, wait, I, hold on. That's a lie. <laughs> I don't, want to, I don't want to say hate, but I have some strong... But I think, I think guys like me and you, yeah. I think we're going to have like Eckhart Tolle-type breakthroughs, which Eckhart Tolle, if any of you guys know him, he wrote The Powers Now, and he's become this big, you know, fucking... I don't fucking but he slept buy. on a bench for like cup for years. That's his big selling point. Like, I slept <laughs> on a bench, I understand shit. No. What kind of fucking pitch is that? No, when the I was reason on the bench, why he slept on a bench for years is because he hurdled. He hurtled into bliss. <laughs> and a lot of people will never use that phrase, hurtling into bliss. But I think guys like me and you are going to hurtle into bliss one day. I'm being serious because we are so trapped in a morass of hate and anxiety and Hold dread. On, it's second. anxiety and Hold dread. On. Joe. <laughs> the yoga people don't know shit. Don't, he's, he's a very angry yogi. Yes. Oh well, that's okay. He hurt like he. Ag- the, the yoga people don't, they're so uptight and they're angry. very angry. Not they're so Joe. angry. Wait a minute, I will defend. Oh, okay. well, you yeah, have to right. defend Joe, but he's the, angry. No, he is. No, no I have been to yoga classes. I've been to yoga classes where if you touch someone's mat, they give you this horrible yeah. look, and I'm like, "Fuck you, man!" This fuck is why you, wait, wait a minute. Why are you touching other people's mat? Are you like, are you that fucking guy's like, oh shit? And you're all of a sudden like, how does it happen that you touch someone's mat? Do you do it on purpose? Like, how does this make you feel? Andy what? So uptight. I hate it. Yeah, so it's a crowd. Oh, they they overcrowd these yoga classes. I don't know if yeah. you do this, Joe, but they they overcrowd these fucking classes because it's like, oh, we want to get fifty people into this space. To they size. don't want to deny anyone the opportunity to practice. <laughs> Well, and they also work on tips, and then whenever I leave, if I don't, I've, you know, lately I'm not made of cash anymore. They work on and tips. I'm <laughs> sorry, Joe. The ones I, I go that. to, I go to that one in Santa Monica. It's, I'm not going you know, anywhere but the Y, famous. buddy. And, and I, I go and I do the thing because the woman, she stands by the box to make sure you're going to put money in her box. And I just kind of do that thing like, yep, there we go. But I don't put anything in. <laughs> I don't put anything in. I don't have I tell you, it. I do have a problem with the proximity thing. I usually get there as early as possible so I can have a corner so at least one side of me is not someone else's ass. And I just like, because I just want to have a little space and then they stack up and then there's people right there and it, it fucks up. Is part of the practice tolerating other people's fucking presence? Yeah. They're so uptight. Right, yeah, they're yeah. just we, mean. They're mean point, people. We, there re- there's a reason you're there. I got to do more yoga. You're, yes. you're an angry, uptight Asshole. Yeah, the, 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 and you got to do more yoga. And this guy, if you're very making good. it, you're very life, good. Well, but he needs to do it. Yeah. It's either that or do heroin. <laughs> He's so right. uptight, he needs to be doing Joe, yoga every biggest, day. Joe, is that true? Right, Eddie? <laughs> your no, biggest psychotics are meditating. Yes, they have to. I'm kidding about uh, you got to be psychotic I'm to believe that you're going somewhere else. I mean, isn't the whole idea of enlightenment ridiculous and psychotic? I don't think so. You're, I, and you, what so. I, I really hope... Is this, are we, we're never going to end this show. Oh, oh no, no. Let's end it. No, no, Let's no, no. I want to hear the final word on enlightenment. 
Well, what happened to me in Scotland, what, and I really think this is how one gets quote unquote enlightened, is that it gets so fucking bad. Yeah. No, I'm seriously. I think it. I think what happens to people like us, and I and, and I'm talking to you, Mark. I don't know why you is want me. you get so fucking wrapped up in your negative thinking. You know, not, not lately. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's play it like that. That's true. Go ahead. That like like you just have to go toward love. Like, like you ju- and, and did you hear the person went, that person's a fucking asshole. <laughs> and I say that with a lot of love, you know what I mean? Like, but you're right. that person is a fucking moron because they don't even understand it yet. The people yeah. who are silent, part out of boredom, part out of, like, <laughs> agreement. <laughs> no, but he, I, I'm r- right with you. It's either you have to go towards love or die. Exactly. You get to a point, and I got like uh, this in Scotland because of the friend. I feel like I am being worked by a weird cult right now. <laughs> like when you jumped in, where you were like, or die. Like you, you were like the first pitch. And then but Eddie, I believe Eddie's, you. Eddie's I believe right. Andy about the die thing because I almost died uh, because of the twenty-four shows and twenty-four nights. Yeah, 24 so, oh, so nights. this is your fucking Holocaust. <laughs> well, you're, you're why like, are you, you know, going to Holocaust? I, I'm, I'm not following that. I'm saying that, like, do your 24 nights where you had to do what exactly what you wanted to do for large crowds of people, and you lost a couple hours sleep. That was your. That was the end of your rope. Oh my god! I I had to do 24 shows that people enjoyed, and I had to sleep in a foreign bed in a country that when I. When you not- put it that way, you're right. <laughs> so you fucking know nothing. Now what do you got? Oh, nothing. <laughs> nope. No. I understand the whole love thing, all right? There are moments where I'm like, Mark, open your heart. Moke? Moke? (laughs) That is your spiritual name. Moke? Moke? You are Moke. Moke. You are Moke. When you join a monastery, you are going to be Moke. When you come come with Eddie and I, you are now now Moke. Ron has something. Join us, Moke. (laughs) That's our show. Andy Dick. Lance Bangs, Jimmy Earl, Eddie Pepitone, I'm Mark Marin. This is WTF, live from the Bright LA at the Independent. Let's get out of here.